Russell Wilson and Khalil Mack are traded to the AFC West. Jamal Adams is crying in uh, in Jets Northwest. And Derek Carr's crying, too. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football tonight. We have a shitload of topics to get to tonight. How are you two doing tonight? Phenomenal. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have three of us here. I'm excited. Yeah, we we were going to get a fourth member here, but, you know, the old man's probably falling asleep on the couch as we speak right now. So uh, let's get straight in. Warm milk. Went to bed. Absolutely. No doubt. Guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, you can like and subscribe to the show here on YouTube. You can also obviously watch us here on YouTube if you're doing it right now and listen to us uh, on Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, www.garbagetimeff.com, where you can leave us voicemails and hate mails. And let's very quickly get into the news. News updates. So, as I stated earlier, Derek Carr is now shitting his pants in the AFC West. Now that Khalil Mack and Russell Wilson are in the division. Let's start off in our top right corner with JJ. This isn't very fantasy relevant, but it's the offseason. So, break down the Khalil Mack trade for us. Um, You know, it, it was uh, – I personally, I, I saw this coming. Um, obviously, you got a new regime coming in. Uh, new scheme and uh, a veteran player with a heavy contract. That's just the formula to, to ship him out of town. So, um, you know, he it's a it works out great for him. You know, he's trying to get a Super Bowl. He goes to the Chargers, who will be able to contend this year while the Bears are rebuilding. And he gets to go play in the same exact scheme he's been in since he's been in Chicago, that Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio defensive scheme. So it makes a lot of sense. And um they also took on the contract which is great for the bears in the future um start spending money on weapons for justin fields so um i think it's a good trade for both parties and was the right thing to do ryan what's your thoughts on this trade yeah like jj said it made sense honestly i thought they would get more for him Mm um like jj said they clear up i think about six million in cap this year but then like 28 million in 2023 um but I think when they got him, they gave up like two first rounds, a third, a sixth, a second, <laughs> and a conditional fifth. So they definitely gave up a lot to get him four years ago. Yeah, the owner's um, firstborn. So, so I thought they would get more, but I still think it made sense. And it sets them up to be in a really good salary cap situation heading into 2023 for sure. JJ, there is hope in Bears land, and the Chargers are not fucking around as we are seeing now. That pass rush on that team is going to be absolutely insane with him and Abosa there. So, boy, is that division stacked. So, let's get into the big highlight of this week, which is the Russell Wilson trade. So, the breakdown of this trade was it's two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick. Noah Fantastic, Noah Fant is heading with Drew Locke and Shelby Harris to the Seattle Seahawks. 
So breaking this down into different categories, what's our thoughts on Russell Wilson's future with Denver first? Ryan, you I mean, he's going to a, yeah, he's going to a team with a ton of weapons. Um, during the season, we always talked about how if Aaron Rodgers went there, it'd be a great fit because of all the weapons. It's pretty much the same thing with Russell Wilson. Now he's got Jerry Judy, um, Cortland Sutton. Their running bats are looking pretty good, even though Melvin Dorian keeps stealing work away from Williams there. But <laughs> I think it's a it's a great setup. I, I just wish Fant stayed there because I'm a huge fan of him, and I think if he was still on that offense with Russell Wilson there, it would have been insane. Um, and basically, Seattle just gave up Russell Wilson to get back what they gave up for Jamal Adams. Yeah, um, it, it's nice to hear, I believe, coming from JJ's house that Jamal Adams is throwing his fit over there, throwing stuff around now that he's in a rebuilding team. Um, you brought up an interesting point there, Ryan, about Noah Fant specifically. Um, there's a narrative going out there, and I kind of fed into it off the initial motion of this trade that his fantasy value may drop. I don't necessarily think that's the case, especially if Drew, Drew Locke is the starting quarterback there. I mean, he's already got familiarity with him. He might be a security blanket should he be the starter in Seattle initially. And he's a good tight end there, and they need a starting tight end there. Um, I think Drew Locke's value honestly doesn't drop going from Denver to Seattle. Where we're going to see the drop in value is those Seattle wide receivers. So, guys, what does this do to DK Metcalf's and Tyler Lockett's value? Obviously, it, it goes down, right? Um, mm. I, I mean, there's a lot of trade rumors about both receivers. You know, I don't think it makes a ton of sense for them to trade Metcalf. I've been vocal in the past about how I thought that the Tyler Lockett extension was kind of stupid because they had to pay DK Metcalf, and now they're in a situation where mm. they're probably going to end up dumping Tyler Lockett somewhere. So. Um, obviously it hurts him. You know, I, I don't know how Locke's going to be. He was very inconsistent in Denver and I don't think that's the only quarterback Seattle's going to bring in. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a guy in the first round or wound up with one of the younger guys or free agents. So either way, uh, obviously it's, it's bad news for, for both of them. Uh, honestly, I, I like what you said about that there. I think the best scenario for DK Metcalf would be is, um, if Geno Smith re-signed with Seattle, and that's that's, that's a sad. that's real sad when I'm saying your best option is Geno Smith potentially signing there. There's rumors that um, a certain Texans QB could potentially be looked at should he not be indicted Friday. Um, so there are rumors flying out there. Ryan, what's your thoughts on DK Metcalf and Lockett? Yeah, so obviously it hurts um, their value. I'm almost wondering too is. Do you guys think it boosts the value of the running back group? Do you see the Seahawks going even more run heavy now than they did in the past? Do you think it kind of boosts their value a little bit, or do you think it pretty much stays the same? Honestly, I see it on the same level for the reason that teams are going to stack the box now. Even with more volume, you're going to see that yards per carry go down. They know they're not going to really have to account for those wide receivers as much, so um, you'll get an increase in volume, but the production is going to go down, um, especially with an injury riddled backfield and one running back coming off a neck injury. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they, guys they, there last year may not even play this year for them, so you never know. Yeah, they've got some work to do back there, that's for sure. And 
Then not to mention Seattle also um, released Bobby, Bobby Wagner, one of their star defensive players. So they also took a big hit on uh, that side of the ball as well. Like I said, it's nice to see Jamal Adams in uh, Jets Northwest. It, it's everything he ever deserved. Um, so I got Ryan's initial thoughts on Russell Wilson. JJ, I don't think, really think I got yours. So what's your thoughts on him being in Denver? Um, Obviously, it, it's awesome for fantasy. Um, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, they got Nathaniel Hackett as their new coach, who obviously ran the Green Bay's offense the past couple of years. So that offense was, I mean, pretty conservative and slow paced. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to run, but I think Sutton and Judy are both in a position to be thousand yard receivers. Like you saw in 2020 with Metcalf and Lockett, I think those numbers could be pretty similar. Um, it just boosts everybody, right? You got a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. that's a perennial pro bowler. Um, throws pro, throws a great deep ball. So I think, I think he slides right in there and ups all the pass catchers production in Denver for sure. I think that's pretty interesting too, for the reason that I think uh, Cortland Sutton may end up being initially his favorite. Um, I think obviously Jerry Judy's got a higher ceiling than him, but I think he's going to look to establish with the veteran early. Um, Tim Patrick's kind of the wild card here. I really don't know what to make of what he will do in this offense. Um, he could really carve himself out a role now that a prominent tight end is gone now, too. Um, we've seen Russell Wilson be able be talented enough to be able to get the ball and spread it around enough for him to get good fantasy value. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that battle between Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick, who really takes over that number two role initially. Um, but the place where you're going to really see, I think, the initial value is with Javante Williams on this team. You now have a quarterback with running ability, one you have to count with on the passing game. And should they not bring his back, his uh, his uh, mate back there, it's going to be his show, and he can be absolutely great for fantasy football. I know JJ's ready for Javante Williams to break out. He he <laughs> he, he he bitched about it all season. Yes, I did. Damn Melvin Gordon. <laughs> and speaking, of, just to circle back a little bit, I, I know you're talking about Sutton as the one, but I don't know. I think Judy has a chance to be the one because if you remember last year, mm-hmm. Judy was out, and when he came back, he stole every bit of production from Sutton. So, yep. And Sutton, a, a year, you know, another year to recover from the, the ACL, and usually guys are better the second year after it, but mm-hmm. just something to keep an eye on. It'll all oh. depend who uh, Russell clicks with the most. Yeah. Is there uh, any other dynamics of this trade that you guys wanted to break down for fantasy football? No, I think we, we covered no. Yeah, we covered Wilson's we, impact on Denver's receivers. Yeah, and uh, how is Drew Locke going to look in that Seattle offense? Is he even going to start there? What was, bring in. was he just to throw in that Denver insisted on him going there? It's not that Seattle asked for him. They're like, no, listen, he's coming with you. We, we don't care. You've gotten everything you wanted, so well, you have to take something well, else. Well, here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I don't think Seattle now that they just – acquired those picks and everything. I don't think they're going to go and throw them back out and trade for Garoppolo or anything like that. I think they're going to either bring in a free agent to compete with Locke mm-hmm. um, or they're going to draft someone early. What was the name of the individual they brought in from the Packers all them years ago when Russell Wilson was a rookie? Matt Flynn, right? Yeah. So this is their version of Matt Flynn before they bring in the rookie to be their next Russell Wilson. 
Could be. Try to run it back again? Maybe. Could be. All right. So with that, let's move on to our uh, next trade of the week. This one's a little bit less prominent on excitement. It's Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders or Commies, depending on your uh, preference of team. Uh, they traded a third-round pick in 2022 and a third-round pick, which could become a second-round pick in 2023 for Carson Wentz and a second-round pick this year. So what's your guys' initial thoughts on this trade? <laughs> um, I mean, he, Wentz is, is probably an upgrade from Taylor Heineke. Um, it's just not exciting, you know. It's I think everyone's kind of seen Wentz last few years, and he's just – he is what he is at this point. He's, you know, he's like a – Jay Cutler from a few years ago, like, it, I mean, he's going to come out, he's going to get some numbers, but when it's all said and done. So it, gonna be? it's about I, as exciting as the sewage coming out of the Washington football team stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy wise. I mean, I think, I think it's good for McLaurin. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, Curtis Samuel, who knows he missed pretty much all last year with injury, but I mean, I, I think he can get these guys a the ball. He got, you know, he got Pittman in the volume and in the tight ends there. So yeah, um, I think it helps Terry McLaurin, but other than that, it's not that exciting. Ryan, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, technically Washington did upgrade their quarterback position, but comes at a very hefty price. Um, he's gonna he has the eighth highest cap hit in 2022 among quarterbacks. Pretty confident in saying he's not going to be a top eight quarterback this year. Um, so it's it's a big price tag to pay. Uh, it, I think it does make the receivers more fantasy relevant, but I don't think it's going to turn into anything great. As they were saying on the Pat McAfee show, they came up with a nickname for him, uh, Kamikaze's Wentz. I think that's the perfect description of what's going to occur here, where every play is going to look like fourth and 20. He's going to be chucking it down to Terry McLaurin. Um, that could be good for fantasy some games where you could use him in super flex league formats. Um but listen, he's been injury prone. He hasn't looked the same in three or four years. I think this fresh start was needed for him again. It's probably one of the best starts I think you could have there. At least the Washington Commanders have some pieces there. As you said, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel is there, Antonio Gibson. They need to get some more stuff there. But um, there's much worse fits, I think, for Carson Wentz here. So um, this is the best the Washington Commanders were going to do. So they're going to gr- roll with it. Um what does this do to the Colts, though? What are they going to look to do at quarterback? Jimmy G. I've heard Garoppolo. I've heard a lot of Jordan Love. Um, yeah. a, a lot of rumors that uh, Ballard liked Chris Ballard liked Jordan Love in the pre-draft process mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. So I think I've heard Marcus Mariota out there too. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of under the radar guy. Like he, yeah, he, is. he had success. He won a playoff game. And he did a good job backing up Carr with the Raiders. The one, really, the one start he had, he he played very well. So mm-hmm. he could, I mean, he could end up in Seattle. He could end up with the Colts, but it's uh, there's there's not many guys left to move around. So no, what would uh, Jordan Love and Jimmy Garoppolo look in this Colts offense as for fantasy? Impactful, not impactful. Uh, I would say. I'm not a I'm not a Garoppolo guy. 
Um, I've never sung his praises. I don't think he's that good. Mm-hmm. I I don't think production wise, it's a jump with Garoppolo and Wentz. Like I, I think the numbers would probably be similar. They're gonna run Jonathan Taylor. Um, he'll probably throw for four thousand yards and twenty some touchdowns, but I don't think it it puts the Colts over the top, which confuses me that they would trade Wentz and if Garoppolo's their their plan A, I, I don't think that makes a ton of sense for the Colts, but it, it could allude to them actually having a plan A of Jordan Love then, which I think would cost them a few more assets. Another first round pick, which they don't have this year, so it would have to be ones for the years after that. Um or a rookie. It, it, it's really interesting to see where their mindset is with this because I didn't see them trading Carson Wentz unless they got a big name, and that big name just doesn't seem to be there for them, especially considering um, someone who could potentially be indicted Friday uh, is in the division, so there's no way he's going there too. Um, Ryan, what do you think they do ultimately? Yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be Garoppolo. Um I think that's where they're going to look. Uh, I don't really know if it's the best decision, but also Jordan Love and the few snaps he had, a few games, it's not like he looked stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how much they'd really be willing to give up to get him. Um, Jimmy G's not stellar either, but he, he has won some games. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about Love. Like, What mm-hmm. does it say about him that they're willing to – be Aaron Rodgers' bitch and just take all this shit <laughs> for the next four years. Quarterback behind him, like obviously, the progression of Jordan Love is not going well because if it was, and they were very impressed with what they saw, I think they probably would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers. But instead, they've catered to his every want and need. So, does this move make you potentially want to try to buy Michael Pittman low in fantasy football formats, especially dynasty? Or even someone like a DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Are fantasy owners going to panic after these recent moves? I've seen a lot of stuff online of people going after DK Metcalf. As far as Pittman, I kind of said, like, I I don't think their production is – he was a thousand-yard receiver last year with Wentz. I don't think he's – going to go berserk with Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever guy they come up with this year. So um, I'm not really chasing him down. As far as Lockett, he's older. So if you're talking dynasty, yeah, Metcalf is probably the one I, I wouldn't go after. What about you, Ryan? You interested in any of these bastards? Uh, like JJ said, DK Metcalf dynasty obviously has value. As mm. far as in just a redraft league, I don't think I want any of it. Just trying to avoid all of it um i think all of those guys would be taken earlier than what i would i would be willing to do for them so mm-hmm. i'm banking on them being gone by the time i'd even get to that point okay um since this is jj's favorite topic we'll let him go into the uh whiny bitches 200 million dollar contract so what happened earlier in the week jj sharon rogers uh signed it uh, I guess he hasn't signed it yet, but agreed to terms of the Packers to come back. The alleged deal from the insiders, Rappaport and Schefter, is four years, $200 million. Uh, but he's disputing that. But as of course he's shown in the past, he's a liar. So uh, who knows what the truth is. Uh, either way, he is going to get more money than he's worth. So 
something close to $50 million a season. And him resigning with the Packers, absolutely nothing changes with his fantasy value. He falls, I think, somewhere between that 6 to 10 range as he has for the last few years. Um, JJ seems to ponder his head. He doesn't think that's the right range. So what is it, JJ? I don't know. I think I think last year I put him at 10 or 11. I think that's <laughs> no bears bias. <laughs> Fields will probably outscore him this year. <laughs> we'll see. You, de- you de- definitely have to bring in some weapons if you want to see that. Uh, but you got time and free agency is about to start. So we'll see. Uh, speaking of trades too, Ryan or JJ, did you either of you happen to bring up uh, a poll or screen about a little debate that was going on in our league earlier in the week that was pretty fun? Yeah, so JJ might be able to access the Twitter poll. Uh, I think he has the Twitter up, but I can I can show the trade. We went over it briefly when it was just Joe and I, um, but we will. I'll share it really quick just for our watchers to today to uh to see it okay ryan um, well you're bringing that up jj why don't you give us a lowdown of what was going on uh in our league and what we need to go over here uh yeah so uh, dynasty league um i i pitched a trade to ryan um and it is a rule of thumb in in dynasty leagues don't just trade because you're bored but Mm-hmm. I would happen wow. to be cruising and the Calvin Ridley news had recently come out. Um, and I thought, yeah, you know, he's not 30 yet. Maybe I can package him with something and, and get a first round pick. Cause Ryan has more than one. So looked at my roster. Uh, I was deep at running back and um, I like Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is going to be productive for a few years. Mm-hmm. But I like some of the backs in this year's draft, and I already have a high draft pick in our in our draft, and I want another one. So maybe I can get two of them. Maybe I can get two of the stud receivers. So I traded uh, Najee Harris and my third-round pick for a first-round pick, Amari Cooper, who's about to be the highest-paid free agent wide receiver. Dallas yep. releases him. And Calvin Ridley, who – is probably going to miss all of 22 or yeah, 22, but he'll be back in 23. He's able to get reinstated next off season. And there's still the possibility of an appeal where his suspension gets reduced, but either way, I'm a believer that he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought the trade was fair and uh, I caught some flack. You, you um, caught quite a bit of flack from our league. The only thing I don't like about this trade is I don't see Kelvin Ridley's $1,500 listed here. Um, so <laughs> that's a little bit strange. Um, but honestly, so the flack coming from our league was from um, some league makes who looked at it and who have seen some other trades the fast, past few weeks that we've actually brought up on the show, and they've deemed a few of them as unfair. Um the idea behind this one was that Najee Harris is a young, healthy back, and I think they're assuming that the centerpiece here would be Calvin Ridley, which he is absolutely not the centerpiece here. It's Amari Cooper, who is potentially going to be a number one wide receiver, and you're potentially bringing in another piece here, which could start for you in this draft. Um, they were saying the draft was weak this year. That's subjective because every draft is subjective. And we also brought this up to a Twitter poll to see what everybody in the heckling fandom thought too. So JJ, would you like to bring that up or is that uh, not an option for us? 
me see if I can get it. Ryan, what's your thoughts on the trade, obviously, being a part of it? Oh, yeah. So, like I said, uh, like JJ said, he sent me that trade. Um, I have, as you know, I was in the market for a running back. Um, I have Joe Mitson and Antonio Gibson. I, I was viewing Antonio Gibson a little unreliable last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he offered me Najee and a third. <clears throat> um, Ridley. I'm pretty deep at wide receiver. I got Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, so pretty, I'm pretty full at wide receiver. So giving up Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley made sense to me. Uh, the first round pick was tough, but <laughs> I, you swallowed it. Yeah, I thought, but I, I think it's a good trade on both sides because a Najee. I mean, the, Big Ben's gone. They're going to be kind of rebuilding that team a little bit. So you don't know what that's going to look like, but he, he is the, he is an RB one. Um, Calvin Ridley, JJ's running that risk with what's he going to look like when he gets back. But Mm -hmm. Amari, like you said, I think they're viewing Calvin Ridley as the centerpiece of that trade where that's not the case. Um, Amari Cooper is going to sign a blockbuster deal somewhere where he's undoubtedly going to be the wide receiver one on that team whatever mm-hmm. team he goes to. Um, so I, I really think it's a good trade. And dynasty owners have to really notice here too. Um, if you look at JJ's roster, which we've brought <clears> up a few times too, <throat> what his team was really lacking was a true number one receiver. So what he was doing here was establishing one, potentially getting another, and he can now get another running back with this pick. He can do a lot of avenues in that first round. Now that he's got two picks here. So, I see absolutely nothing wrong with this trade, and the heckling fandom sees absolutely nothing wrong with this trade. JJ, give us a lay down of the poll. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, we have the poll pulled up on the screen. Uh, I put the trade out there, and it's straight yes, no. Only got 39 votes. We got to get our Twitter up this this year, but uh, what's our what's our Twitter? Our Twitter is garbage underscore time ff. Um, so check us out. I I wasn't as active as I should have been last year. It's kind of started at halfway through the year, but this year I'll be very active on the Twitter feed. Um, so I'd like to interact with the heckling fandom as much as possible this year. Either way, we did the poll. Uh, 64% said the trade was good. Uh, 35% or 35.9% said it was bad. So my side obviously <laughs> won by a hefty margin, 20%. And we have some replies Ooh, now this gentleman right said, bad trade? Yes. Should it be vetoed? No. Obviously, <laughs> obviously it's going to depend on how you see Najee going forward. Like, he had 1,200 rushing yards. He had plenty of receptions this year. Obviously, that's a lot of production. I watched the games. I watched him run. I just think longevity-wise, there's guys in this year's draft that I can get in the position I put myself in that can maybe outlast him and maybe be in a better situation. So that's part of why I did it. And also, obviously, I had the receiver at home. And then the second response says, nothing worse than a fantasy trade crybaby. <laughs> I'd have to agree, Gino. But either way, um, I, yeah. It, and I think some of our lead members get confused the difference between a redraft and a snake draft. I mean, a redraft and dynasty. Because um, <clears throat> they were given JJ shit for drafting Justin Fields. Like... <laughs> That's that's a no brainer. So, I mean, yeah, it's just but, it's you got you got to think the long game. 
but more than happy with a healthy debate because eventually that'll lead to money in your pocket, hopefully. Absolutely, and I love I love a good controversy, you know. Yeah, we seem Keep to get a lot of this in our leagues. <laughs> All right, uh, next story we'll move on to here now that we're uh, glossing over that topic. It's the Mike Williams contract. Holy shit, three years, $60 million. Is Mike Williams really worth that kind of money to the Chargers? And is this going to reset the wide receiver market for free agency coming up? I personally think it's too much money for what the Chargers have gotten out of Mike Williams. Um, I don't know that he would have got that in free agency. Like what team would have paid Mike Williams $20 million a year with, with his injury track records age. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a very aggressive move by the Chargers and I'm not sure the guaranteed money on it, but um I believe it was very high, though. A lot of that is guaranteed, which I found very interesting considering they still have Keenan Allen there. I thought they were going to make a move for him, but I thought it was going to be the franchise tag as opposed to such a hefty contract. But obviously, there's no other way to say the Chargers are going for it this year. Um, They just traded for your boy up there, and this contract just shows they want to keep that offense together for years to come um, and keep Justin Herbert his weapons. Yeah. I mean, he had, I mean, he had 1100 yards and nine touchdowns. So that's, I mean, that's great, great production for me, wide receiver too, but. um, It it is, but it was in the Tyler Lockett format where it all came very early and then he faded off on the second half of the year. It was a little scary to watch. So I want to see a little bit more consistency from him next year, especially making this kind of damn money. Um, This also disappoints me because I had high hopes for Josh Palmer in his second year in LA and obviously now. That's gone. He's still uh, <laughs> he settled into that wide receiver three spot there. So unless there's an injury, he's probably not going to be as big a part of the offense as I would have liked. Ryan, does this piss you off? He's not going to be a New England Patriot. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, New England just doesn't – we don't get those big-name receivers. Uh, I did think that the contract was high. Uh, like, what did you say, $20 million a year? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's basically what Amari Cooper was due to get paid this year. Um, and like Joe said, looking at his game log, like it was a lot of boom bust games. So, I mean, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had seven games this season with single digit fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost half the half of the fantasy football season, you're looking at a single digit fantasy performance. Um, but I think it's just the Chargers are trying to go all in this year, trying to keep the whole crew together, bring in a few extra pieces, um, hoping they can make a push to get the trophy. I agree. Um, fantasy outputs for him, like I said, are still wide receiver too. Nothing changes here with him not changing teams. Yeah. 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 JJ's nodding too. Yeah. Stays the same. All right, boys. You want to go? What, what were you saying? What was he like? Why did you see real 11 last year or something? 15? In that range. 12. <laughs> why, he was, you knew you would come why, over at some point. Wide receiver 12 and PPR. All right. So, boys, would we like to get into the apology next or the franchise tag? 
I love a doodle apology. I mean, JJ's got to be a pro at him. I mean, we got we got to break up this news a little bit, right? And nothing more than an icebreaker, like an apology owed from the playoffs when the 49ers beat the Cowboys all them weeks ago, right? Shame on me. All right, you should have to hit the button yourself then. (laughs) Let's find it. (laughs) It's been a while. All right, so if you guys have never heard an apology bet before, this one is a long time coming. We take bets with each other on games, fantasy stats, shit like that, and then ultimately the loser's got to read an apology. This one might be a little bit dated, but it's going to be comical for you. So, JJ, lead us off. What's What you got for us? All right, just for the listeners, this bet was made in the uh, wild card round of the playoffs. Um, I took the uh, – Cowboys to beat the 49ers. Joe took the 49ers, who had that big run in the NFC playoffs. So, yes, like Joe said, some of this stuff is dated. Um, but what a really All right, to the heckling fandom. Why the fuck am I giving yet another apology tonight? I can tell you why. It's because of the Cowboys. Only would myself, JJ, Aaron Rodgers' number one fan consider taking the Cowboys to beat the 49ers against Joe Joe's fantastic NFL expertise. Obviously, we knew the 49ers were going to win, just like how we knew there was no way he was going to lose this bet. Thank you, Dak Prescott, for running for the first time with 14 seconds to go. I forgot that happened. <laughs> that was really stupid. He's going to be sent to oblivion that is the Bears' current roster. Not even you could help a roster like that get into the playoffs. A true heaping pile of trash, just like my opinions during these apology bats. Secondly, how could you forget to hand the ball to the referee to get a final snap? Don't we learn to do that in peewee football? That moment was almost as bad as Justin Fields' performance in the 2021 National Championship against Alabama. A microcosm of what he's going to do for the rest of his Bears career. Jeez. Scramble for his life and complete just half of his passes. Only after six or seven years of denying the inevitable will the Bears finally cut Justin Fields to bring in Jordan Love to save the Bears, a true franchise quarterback. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Speaking of jokes like the Bears, I have another joke for you. What's the difference between Soldier Field and the Porcupine? The pricks are on the outside of a porcupine. My God, am I sick of losing to Joe, doing these apology bets, and missing Mitch Trubisky. 2022 is not starting off the way I intended, heckling fandom. Yet I strive to be better for you. More apologies on my end are coming in the future. Stay tuned. P.S. Who the fuck almost doesn't accept the free NBA jersey when offered one? I did accept it. It got me. Thank you. I had to bet the freaking guy to take it. <laughs> Ultimately, too, that helped us get the address, which got JJ the toilet bowl trophy too. Oh. Actually, it's, actually, it's a ball sack. Yeah, it's in the closet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. You can bring that out in another video. <laughs> I'll have to put it in here and display it. I couldn't display that one in the office. Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, all right, so now that that icebreaker's over and JJ's finally got that out of his system, I know he's wanted to say that for weeks. Uh, let's talk about the franchise tags. Um, were you boys surprised at how many tight ends here were actually tagged, like Najoku, Schultz, and Gasicki? 
I think the only one that surprised me was Njoku. I think I don't think I saw that one coming. Uh, I think Schultz and Desicki I kind of saw coming. I think if they went into free agency, they would have gotten a lot of interest and a lot of offers. So it made sense for the teams to franchise tie them. Njoku, I was surprised, though. Ultimately, I think that just fucks his fantasy value now. Uh, he could have been a number one somewhere. Um, I don't know if he was going to really rebuild his career necessarily, but he needed an opportunity somewhere else. Austin Hooper's there. He's there. I imagine they're going to try to bring in a receiver, whether that be a rookie or someone else. But I don't like the quarterback that's currently there, and there's rumors of the Browns out there trying to get Derek Carr, which Derek Carr, I'm sure, would love to go to the Browns right now and get out of that damn division. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I hate the fit of Njoku for fantasy football with the Browns. Well, in between those three that were franchise tied, you have Njoku who got 400 receiving yards compared to <laughs> Schultz with 800 and Desecchi with 780. Yeah. Like, and eight touchdowns. Like completely different ends of the spectrum, yet all were franchise tied. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck the Browns are doing. Um, <laughs> Going back to the old ways. Austin Hooper is a top five, top five paid tight end in the league. Mm-hmm. And in Joku, you didn't use him right. You barely get him reps catching the football. And now you're going to pay him even more than you're paying Hooper with the, the amount the tag is. So I, I I don't really know. I guess they're probably – maybe they're anticipating losing Jarvis Landry and they already lost Beckham, so they don't want to lose more pass catchers. So they're just allocating more to the tight end. But, um, yeah, I didn't like that. I wanted, I wanted Njoku to get a fresh start somewhere. Maybe they're just hoping for a band-aid rebuild. They anticipate this year sucking. Um, I I don't see the blueprint. Uh, they could have had a blueprint. There's not one currently. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Browns will surprise us, but I'm not optimistic about them this year. Um, do you see it, this as like? Do you foresee them like trying to move on from Hooper? Like I don't think that's happening either. Right? No, I don't. I don't think they're going to want to move on from Hooper in a trade or cut him. JJ, what's your thoughts on that? I, I don't know. Let me look at his contract. If he's got, if he frees a lot of cap space, they could. But I don't think they're in a terrible cap situation after dumping Beckham, and especially if they get rid of Landry. So they'll probably keep Hooper. One of the few starting, one of the few tight ends that had less yards than Njoku, Austin <laughs> Hooper. <it's 345. laughs> I mean, so they're two tight ends combined for like less than Dalton yards. Schultz. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 sticking with. Hooper, he's carries eleven million in dead cap. He's a thirteen million cap hit this year, so he actually is oh, okay. making more than yeah. more than Njoku. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> what a horrible move on their part. Browning, obviously, uh, I think both are very limited in their fantasy outlook for next year. Was this the ultimately the best fit for Dalton Schultz's fantasy outlook, though? Him staying with the Cowboys. Probably because the fact I like that it. I mean he got what Ryan said eight, over eight hundred yards last year, and as with Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, and Cedric Wilson, and obviously Gallup's not going to start the season. Uh, the two about of those guys might be gone. Cooper so- be gone. Cedric Wilson's a free agent, so there's going to be a lot of open targets, and obviously Dak trusts Schultz. He could have a huge year. Not only that, the tight end behind him, um, who they originally were going to replace him with, uh, recently got surgery. There was Blake so he's. Yeah, he's injured going into next year too. So I 
think they were almost out of necessity needing to tag him. Um, initially reported uh, that they weren't going to tag him, but, you know, circumstances change, and this was a good opportunity for him to be very successful. I wanted him to be on the Jets, and now we're going to have to go basement bargain shopping at tight end like we do every year. Um, what about Kaseki? Best fit? I think so with the coach they have coming in. Knows how to use the tight end. Um, I think it would be good for him. I know during, like towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. and I only remember this because I needed Gisecki to get the points. They had like their other tight end there. Who was it? Like Smith or something? I don't even know his name, but I was like, <laughs> like what the hell? Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think um, he's got a good coach coming over that knows how to use the tight ends, so mm-hmm. I think he'll have another good year. Okay, and what's your guys' thought on uh, Chris Godwin being tagged by the Tampa Bay Bucks? Is this them wanting to eventually work out a long-term deal with him? Uh, are they just trying to attract a veteran free agent to come there? Like, what's the thought behind this? Both. <laughs> right. I say both. Yeah. yeah, he just turned 26. Obviously, they drafted him. He's homegrown product. He's been great for them. So, yeah, <laughs> I think they obviously want to retain him. Um, they got another couple years out of Evans, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, bring Godwin back. So, yeah, I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. You, you just kind of forget, like, you're, we're talking about Seattle and the Colts, and, and meanwhile, the Bucks literally have Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, the, the Saints <laughs> don't have one either. The Pittsburgh's missing That's a quarterback. True. There's a lot of teams without a quarterback right now. Blaine so, Gabbert, Kyle Trask. The number of teams that need a quarterback and like what the market actually has, do you think we'll see any of these rookie quarterbacks coming into this draft, like potentially starting? Just I think we'll see them overdrafted like we do every draft. They they were talking about only potentially one or two of these guys getting taken in the first round. You can look at two of these guys getting drafted drafted in the top 15, maybe three, because teams are going to get desperate. We saw this back in the years when Minnesota drafted that kid from Florida State. I don't even freaking remember his name. There was like four quarterbacks that year taken that were oh, absolutely awful. Manuel, or what's his name? Wayne Gabbert was in that draft. Ponder? There was the Ponder yeah, draft. Chris, yeah, Christian Ponder. That was an awful quarterback draft, and that's kind of what we're getting a vibe of this year. Although I think Malik Willis is going to be potentially good. I don't know much about the kid from Pittsburgh. There's a few, but – some of these other kids are going to get overdrafted because teams are going to panic. They're going to go, oh, shit, I don't have one, and they're going to take one. Ultimately, I think you're going to see three or four taken in the first round, which are not going to be good fantasy quarterbacks for Dynasty. <laughs> so just keep that in mind as our rookie draft approaches. Yeah, I got my two young – I have three young quarterbacks in my Dynasty. I can't even st- I, I'm hoping to stay away from these ones in this draft. <laughs> as he stares on the barrel and goes – uh, it'll look too bad, I guess. Nah, got my boy Matt Jones in there, Trevor Lawrence, Jordan Love. I'll roll with him. Okay, and what's the thought behind the Jags franchising Cam Robinson? Is the running game going to get any better from doing this? This was a weird move. I thought they were going to go with a left tackle first overall. It doesn't appear like that's going to happen anymore. Well, <clears throat> who knows with Doug Peterson as the head coach, his running back rooms were – goddamn circus Adam Case style uh just rotating guys so we thought ETN and Robinson was gonna be a mess last year I can't imagine what it's gonna look like this year 
it's yeah, somehow yeah. only it, it's somehow going to get worse like i didn't like that <laughs> yeah like i i didn't think that it would get worse i thought we would finally have some clarity and no nope yeah, no, that'll that'll be an interesting situation down there in Jacksonville. Um, Orlando Brown, I think, was a good move getting re-signed by the Chiefs. Ultimately, their running game, though. He got, not he, a, got not, the, he got the tag, right? He got franchise tag. He did. Yep. Yeah. They they needed to bring him back. Um, obviously, the Chiefs' running game is it's not minimal. It is effective sometimes. Um, it just kind of depends on the game plans. Devontae Adams was tagged too. That was obviously going to happen. They're going to work out a contract with them. They have to, or they're going to be the Saints in two years. Um, did you guys want to talk about that situation a little bit, his contract? Sure. I know JJ doesn't want to, but Ryan, will you? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I thought you were going to – I thought we were going to lead me up to it. <laughs> sure, I'll talk about it. When I feel like um, it. <laughs> Who are we talking about again? Devontae Adams getting franchise tagged. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that made sense. The only way that – and a part of me thinks that that's probably a condition to get Aaron Rodgers to, to re-sign. Devontae Adams had to stay. I don't think – I don't see how there was any way they were going to be able to sign Aaron Rodgers and also sign a new contract with Devontae Adams. So – Okay, I think franchise tagging was the only option. Yeah, I agree with that too. There's no way in hell he would have come back if they weren't bringing him back. And I think they ultimately will work a contract out with him. Um, me and Ron in an earlier episode a few weeks ago did a way too fucking early uh, top 12 players. Um, and I did have Devontae Adams in there. Now that we see that the quarterback wide receiver connection is still established here, where do you guys rank Devontae Adams among wide receivers right now? Top five. Top five. Top five I, I, don't think, I don't think it changes much. Okay. Do we think Aaron Rodgers actually plays all four seasons? No. No, I don't. I don't think he'll end up playing all four seasons. I don't even know if he'll finish it out with the Packers. He, He's just such an asshole lately. I, lately, Joe? Lately? Well, <laughs> from what I'm noticing, I see, I've been in the image of an asshole for the last 20 years, Tom Brady. So... The starlight wasn't on Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm starting to see it. it. It's glimmering behind me, see? Well, I think it was Charles Barkley who said, uh, Aaron Rodgers is that pretty girl that needs to be told she's pretty every day. <laughs> like, always has been. Always will be. <laughs> but, I mean, he's 30. He's 38, I think. So four years puts him up to 42. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. He might have another 10 years of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God, that would be awful. Uh, all right, let's talk about quarterbacks that J.J. actually likes. There is just continuing reports on Mitch Trubisky going to the Giants. So, J.J., give it to us. It's happening, right? I don't know where he's going to go. We just talked about how many teams need a quarterback, so he's going to get a, an opportunity somewhere. Obviously, uh, the Giants makes the most sense. Bringing in Brian Dabble, he ran – well, he didn't run it, but he – Learned his offense last year, ran it successfully mm -hmm. in the preseason. So um, I've always had a vote of confidence for him. Obviously, I've, I've saw him do some good things. Some have some off games, but um, I think if he used his skill set correctly, which I think Brian Dabble could do, I think he can have success in the league and, and win games. 
like he has historically. So if um, if he goes to the Giants, how soon before he takes over the job? Instantly. He'll beat him in training camp. Yeah, they'll they'll decline the option on Daniel Jones fifth year option. And if I mean if he's gonna get the money that they're talking about, I don't even know that they'll declare it a competition. They may just name him the starter. I think what they'll declare they I think they'll make it a competition. Yeah, I've seen like a Teddy Bridgewater contract like with the uh what what he got with the Panthers, which was I think it was like just shy of twenty. Then again, JJ, you've got a good point there. If they're so desperate to bring in Mr. Vitsky because so many teams need a quarterback, they'd be like, Listen, we'll make you the starter. We we won't we won't even declare Daniel Jones as give him the statement. <laughs> you're the starter. Yeah, you're the starter right now. We, we we've seen enough of Daniel Jones. <laughs> Uh, what can his fantasy relevance be, uh, specifically in Superflex leagues? Do you guys see him as relevant? Someone you can play at your quarterback, too, even on that shitty Giants team? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have him in our dynasty league. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and he can run, man. He's a, he's a great athlete. So, he's had success running in the past. We saw, I know it's going to be a different offense with the new coach, but, uh, the Giants ran Daniel Jones a decent amount last year, so Trubisky could definitely do that. And say what you will about the Giants. They have um, they have weapons. Another piece of news from today was uh, they just restructured Sterling Shepard's contract, so he's going to stick around. So What is he getting, a league minimum now? <laughs> I don't know. They got Tony, they got Shepard, Galladay, Barkley. Got some weapons, just no offensive line. <laughs> at all, oh, they got they got two high draft picks, so maybe they'll it's pick two offensive linemen, different GM. So maybe he'll do the right thing finally. Um, speaking of restructures, too, Kenny Drake had his contract restructured, saving the Ravers fourteen point five million. Um, and a unfortunate favorite of mine, Taylor Huntley, resigned with Baltimore, so he will not get to compete with Daniel Jones like Mitch Trubisky and oh, take yeah. that job. I told I, you he was going to stay. Lamar's his boy. That sucks because I really think he could be something somewhere else. But, nope, he's going to stay with his boy right there. Um, I think he's a good long-term stash, especially on deep dynasty leagues. But he's obviously not something you can if do you, in If you have leagues. Lamar, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Ron. <laughs> Just keep that in mind, Ron. Ron in every league that you're in. <laughs> All right, I've ran through everything I've got for tonight, guys. Is there anything that you guys are hearing that you wanted to talk about or any rumors out there for free agency that we should talk about with the heckling fandom? Well, I heard Kyler Murray reactivated all of his posts regarding the Cardinals, so that made the news. That's a big deal. It's funny. I heard absolutely nothing about that today with all the shit that's going on around the league. It's because it's stupid. Um do you he imagine be- if there was like my? Could you imagine if there was MySpace and he like took the Cardinals <laughs> off his top eight or something? <laughs> Heartbreak. <laughs> see that on the see that on the news. Kyler Murray removes the Cardinals from his top eight. Yeah, well, he may again if they don't resign Christian Kirk. <laughs> uh, there is there is something uh, very important that I wanted to tell Joe, and that's that the Yankees suck and baseball is back. Yeah, well. Uh, what he's alluding to here is he put up a post that baseball is back. There was a photo of a Boston player on the back screen. All I wrote under it was 27, and he knows what 27 is. 
That's all I need to say. Joe, since you've started watching baseball, the Yankees have probably won one World Series. I've gotten, what, four? Well, I've been watching baseball since I was four or five, so. In Joe's or at least defense, in the ballpark. In Joe's defense, that's 27 more than the Jets have, so he has to. <laughs> yes, not. 26. <laughs> 26 more. The Joe Montana. Right. Joe Montana. I just said Montana. Joe Namath. <laughs> You got the wrong Joe to begin with. It's Joe Namath. I know. And I said Montana. Rusty. I forgot about the Super Bowl they won in. I, I, I can show you. The, I, I can show you the guy that prevented us from getting more. It's this. It's this guy right here, Mark Sanchez. Oh come on, he's a great quarterback. He was for two years. The master <laughs> of the butt fumble himself. At least confident. Such a mess. All right. I don't think we got anything else for the Heckling Fandom tonight, do we? All right, guys. Free agency. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're so close. Six days. Yeah. No, four four days? Four days. So legal tampering. Yeah. Legal tampering because I'm sure there's not contracts worked out already or anything that will be announced within the first two minutes of free agency. Just don't gamble. Yeah, that's right. Don't spend $1,500 and lose $11 million on top of it. It's just. A bad idea all around. So, guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, like and subscribe to the channel right here and to these episodes so we can keep bringing them to you. You can see us at www.garbagetimeff.com where there's many different avenues you can listen to us. You can also listen to Ryan's MMA show if they ever do another damn episode on there. You can leave comments on Instagram at Garbage Time Fantasy Football. You can also leave it on Twitter at garbage underscore time FF and hit us up anywhere else you uh, freaking hear us. Also leave reviews on Spotify and Apple now that Spotify actually allows reviews. And guys, like we already said, free agency is right around the corner. I hope you get everyone your team wants, except unless, you know, if the Jets are looking at them. With that... With that, good night, guys.